Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team it's tribe time now welcome to tribe talk on the cleveland indians radio network tribe talk is brought to you by progressive helping indians fans save hundreds on car insurance Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. We're in Minneapolis where the Indians and Twins are playing, well, what amounts to a make-or-break series for the Tribe if they have any hopes of overtaking the Twins for the division title after Friday night's extra inning win for the Indians. They're five and a half back of Minnesota, six back in the loss column with 20 games left. And, of course, the Indians right in the thick of the wild-card playoff hunt. Coming up on this week's show... We will hear from Indians outfielder Oscar Mercado made the catch of the year to save the game for the Indians back home on Wednesday night. More on that in a little bit. Carlos Carrasco will join us, so will Jake Bowers, and we'll hear from NASCAR driver Kurt Busch, a huge baseball fan who has been to every major league ballpark, and that's pretty impressive. Three times now at Progressive Field. We'll hear that at the tail end of our show. But first, the week in review, and we begin on Monday night. The Indians back for a brief homestand, just one series against the White Sox. And the Tribe took the lead early. First inning, thanks to Franmil Reyes, batting with the bases loaded. Swung on, ripped up the alley in deep left center field. This ball's off the wall. That'll score Lindor. Here comes Puig. Luplo's right behind him. It's a three-run double for Franmil Reyes. And the Indians make Ross Detweiler pay. On the 2-2 pitch with two outs, Reyes rifles a three-run double halfway up the 19-foot wall in left center. And Reyes now with 66 RBIs, 20 of them with the Cleveland Indians. And that might be the hit that gets this Indians offense back in gear. The Sox got to within two runs after scoring single runs in the third and fourth innings. But in the bottom half of the fourth, 
Jake Bowers extended the Indians' lead. Payoff pitch coming from Carson Fulmer. Here it is, and it's swung on, lifted high in the air to deep left. This one's way back there, and it is off the railing. Home run, Jake Bowers. A two-run blast, and the Tribe is in front, 6-2. to two. Well, it's the 19-foot high wall, the yellow line atop that wall, and then the railing. And if it hits the railing, it's gone, and it did. And Bowers, with his first home run since returning, a pinch hit home run for Jake Bowers. His 12th home run on the season opens things up again for the Tribe. Then in the sixth, it was Carlos Santana going deep. And it swung and hammered to deep right center field. It is gone! Carlos Santana, a solo blast to right center. And that's number 32 for Santana. And the Indians have now made it a 7-3 ball game and another line drive home run by Santana. And Santana with 32 homers, nine of them have now come right-handed. And in the seventh, the Indians pulled away. They scored three times on RBIs from Francisco Lindor, Mercado, and Santana. And then in the eighth inning, a memorable moment for young Indians third baseman Yu Chang. Hit on the ground towards short. Get a run home as Anderson will throw Chang out. Bowers scores to make it 11-3. Holding at second was Reyes, two down. Chang has his first Major League RBI. Well, 11-3 was the final. On to Tuesday, and a White Sox win 6-5 over the Tribe. A tough loss for the Indians as Carlos Carrasco making his way back from missing three months due to the leukemia diagnosis. He allowed a pair of home runs, and the White Sox wiped out a late Tribe lead to win it by that 6-5 final score. On Wednesday, another thriller at Progressive Field against the White Sox. We begin in the third inning, game tied at two, and Carlos Santana at the plate. The pitch, runner goes, pitch swung on, hit pretty well to center. Garcia's going back, turns one way, now another. It hits behind him, bangs up against the wall. That'll score Mercado. Santana has broken the tie with an RBI double to dead center. And the Indians are back on top by a score of 3-2. to two. Oscar Mercado's RBI single in the fourth inning made it a 4-2 to two Tribe lead. Then in the fifth, Franmil Reyes continued his hot stretch. The pitch to Reyes, and he drives one high and deep to right center. Home run, Reyes! Six to two Tribe. As Reyes goes the other way again with power. And his big year continues. 34 home runs. That is his seventh with the Tribe. Oh, man. He is some kind of strong. In the seventh, Yu Chang delivered. Swing and a line drive to left field, base hit. Reyes will score. Also coming home, Luplo. Throw to the plate, cut off. Two runs score. Chang in a run down between first and second is tagged out, but Chang has come through 
with his first base hit to drive in multiple runs. He gets a two out, two run single, and the Indians get the clutch two out hit they've been needing. And the Indians now with an eight to two lead over the Sox. But the White Sox didn't give up, and this one turned into a wild finish. A two-run homer in the eighth inning by Jose Abreu made it 8-4. to four. Then in the ninth, Brad Hand was on with a four-run lead. But Tim Anderson connected for another two-run home run. That made it 8-6. to six. Chicago followed that up with two singles and a walk to load the bases with the dangerous young slugger Eloy Jimenez at the plate. Now the payoff pitch. Swung on, drilled to deep center. Back goes Mercado, a leaping, diving grab. He made it. Everybody scrambles back. Nobody's able to tag or score. An incredible play by Oscar Mercado. How does he do it? Well, folks. If the Indians get to the playoffs, you may look back and remember on September 4th, Oscar Mercado saved the season. We shall see. He was racing back on a dead sprint on a laser, leaping and racing back at the same time to make the catch and falling to the turf. Folks, it doesn't get any better than that. Now the 2-2 two, two to Goins. Swing and a miss. Ball game. Well, folks, it's September, and this is baseball at its finest. But if you have a weak ticker, man, turn the radio off. What a way to end this one. 8-6 was the final score, and we will talk to Oscar Mercado shortly about that catch, and that will come up in just a little bit here on Tribe Talk. On to Thursday, Indians, tough one. 7-1 to loss to the White Sox and Reynaldo Lopez, who threw a one-hitter at the Indians. So it was on to Friday night, and the series opener here in Minneapolis, Indians and Twins. Indians coming in seven back of Minnesota in the loss column with 21 left to play. But six meetings with Minnesota starting on Friday night. And for the Indians, it started with Francisco Lindor getting the Tribe on the board in the third inning. The pitch swung on and whacked to deep right and way out of here. Well, that's how you get it going. Lindor cleared everything. That went onto the concourse area deep beyond the seats in right field. Number 28 for Frankie Lindor. But the Twins took a 2-1 to lead with single runs in the 4th and 5th, and it did not look good for the Indians as they were doing nothing against the Minnesota pitching staff until they got a break. Eighth inning is a triple for Oscar Mercado set the stage for Yasiel Puig. Well, this is why the Indians got Puig for these moments. Romo's pitch. Hitting the air towards fairly deep center. This should do it. Kepler will make the catch. Tagging coming home is Mercado. The throw to the plate cut off at the mound, and Yasiel Puig delivers a critical sack fly to center, and we've got a 2-2 ball game. Stayed that way until the 11th when the Indians finally broke through, starting 
with a big two-out RBI hit from Roberto Perez. Now the 1-1. Swung on ground ball, base hit through the right side into right field. Indians take the lead. Roberto Perez shoots a single to right to score Yasiel Puig. And the Indians have a 3-2 lead here in the 11th. And Roberto Perez gets his 55th run batted in. Didn't try to do too much. Got a fastball away and shot it that way. And then it was Lindor delivering. The set and pitch. And Lindor shoots one to third. Off the glove of Sano. Picks it up. Has no play. Another run scores. And the Indians take a 4-2 lead. That'll be ruled a base hit. A sharp shot on the ground toward third. Sano got a glove on it but didn't field it cleanly. And then Oscar Mercado delivered the knockout blow. Swing and a shot into left field. That's a base hit for Mercado. That'll score Perez. Here comes Freeman. Throw to second. And the Indians get a two-out, two-run single to left. Oscar Mercado's third hit of the game. And the Indians have blown it open with four here in the 11th. And they're now pounding the Minnesota Twins 6-2. to two. All four of these runs coming on three two-out base hits. And Lindor at second. Mercado with his third hit at first. And Mercado 39 RBIs. And a mass exodus out of target field. 6-2 to two was the final. And the Indians take the opener here in Minneapolis with a Saturday night game coming up. And then Sunday afternoon, the series finale before the Tribe heads west to Anaheim. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll visit with Oscar Mercado, the Indian center fielder who made perhaps the catch of the year to save Wednesday night's game at home against Chicago. That's next as we continue with Tribe Talk after this short break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic, is it really all about power? Makes me think of progressives name your price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy. Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12, 15, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We get you, Chuck. In a word, oranges. Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Swung on, drilled to deep center. Back goes Mercado, a leaping, diving grab. He made it. Everybody scrambles back. Nobody's able to tag or score. An incredible play by Oscar Mercado. How does he do it? Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Target Field in Minneapolis where the Indians are in the midst of a three-game series against the Twins. Back home earlier this week, what a wild series against the White Sox. The team split four games. Wednesday, a thriller, an 8-6 to six Tribe win, and perhaps the only reason they won was a game-saving catch by center fielder Oscar Mercado in the top half of the ninth inning with the bases loaded, Tribe up by two. Mercado hauled in a line drive off the bat of Eloy Jimenez that most likely would have given the White Sox the lead at that point. We had a chance to catch up with him the following day, and he talked about that great catch and what it was like watching the replay of that game-saving play after it happened. Yeah, I saw it a few times um, on video. Just Actually, it was pretty impressive like how hard he hit that ball. 
he's been pretty locked in and I was I was I think I said it yesterday like Whitty was making some tough pitches and he's just battling and battling he took some close pitches that I thought could have gone either way and um he really I think they both really Whitty's from Whitty's end and from his end I think they really battled and then um I just feel like I was uh I had to do my part to to you know help the team out and uh just help us get a win because of, of the game situation do you handle it any differently than than say that had been the first inning or second inning no I think in that situation I got to go for that either way it's gonna if it goes over my head no matter what what inning it is all runners are gonna score so I have I got to go for it just lay it all on the line and hopefully you know you either make the play or you don't but thankfully I was able to and you said you saw him tip his cap to you when he got to first base. What did you think about that? Well, at first, I, I didn't know what was going on. I just kind of saw the runner scrambling. I, like, got up and just threw the ball. Like, I tried to keep, I threw it straight to the ground because the ball was wet. So I was, like, just going to throw it straight to the ground as hard as I can and try to get um, the ball in quickly. But um, I wasn't really sure what was going on. I actually didn't saw him tip his cap until I watched the video for the first time. But he reached out and, and said – you got me this time, but I'll make sure I'll make sure to get you guys said you got us a couple of days ago, so I couldn't let you get us again. But no, he's a really nice guy and you know, he's a tremendous, tremendous player and you know, it was a great act of kindness just for him to reach out and pretty much let me know that uh what he thought of the play and everything, so when you're in it, you may not realize the impact it has, but does that kind of hit home what kind of play it was? Yeah, uh, because, you know, just with the game on the line in that situation, kind of in the position that we're in where every game matters and every game is extremely important. So I think just that doesn't actually hit you until afterwards, but then you realize, okay, like it's pretty important in the magnitude of it. Not every team in baseball is in a pennant race where every game means so much in the month of September. How enjoyable is this to come to the park every day knowing that these games mean everything? Oh, it's everything just because you know that every game is pretty much a playoff game, especially with how tight the races are. You know, Tampa's playing really good baseball, so is Oakland. And we know that we got to do our, we got to take care of uh, things on our end to be able to to hang hang with them. Oscar, I was some kind of catch last night. People talking about it for a long time, I'm sure. Thanks for coming by. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, that's Oscar Mercado, a really nice young man who's had a fine rookie season for the Indians and really has a bright future with this ball club. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will visit with Carlos Carrasco, an emotional week for the Indians pitcher. We'll also hear from Jake Bowers after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Hang on, folks, this baby isn't over yet. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Tribe Talk from Target Field in Minneapolis, where the Indians are in the midst of their series with the Twins, a three-game set. Plenty of ways to pick up Tribe Talk each week. You can do it on the Indians' radio network. Usually sometimes Saturday afternoon is when it's fed down the network lines, but check your local listings for the airtimes in your city. 
Also, you can pick up Tribe Talk online at Indians.com and as a podcast on Apple iTunes and the iHeartRadio app. Well, one of the emotional stories of the season for the Indians has been the return of Carlos Carrasco after a three-month hiatus from the team while he battles leukemia as he informed everyone that uh, that was the diagnosis in late May when he was beginning to feel tired for unexplainable reasons until they found out that it was a blood disorder and it was leukemia that he would be battling. And he did most of the summer, started to throw about a month ago and went through the rehab assignments and was ready to go on September 1st. He made his return in St. Petersburg last Sunday, and we talked to him on Monday. And as he said, Sunday in St. Pete, a special day that he will remember forever. I think that was a mean a lot for me even from my teammates, the fans, my family, because they always support me. They've always been there for day one. But just getting back to the mound yesterday was really exciting. So um, to be honest, I was nervous. I was, I, my whole body was shaking. I couldn't control my body after I released the first pitch. As soon as I released the first pitch, everything is gone. Then I say, okay, this is back to normal. But it was, it was like three months out, out from baseball. And just coming yesterday and doing in Tampa, of course my teammates was there, and even more because I live down there, my family, my friends, all together was in one place uh, yesterday, and it uh, was great. The only part I didn't like, we, we, we lost that game, but, uh, you know, today is a new day, and, and uh, we're coming back uh, the winning streak, too. You mentioned you were shaking when, when you first came in. You look over, obviously, your dugout. Your teammates are, are happy to see you out there and show that. You look over and you see the Rays out there. What what did that mean to you? Uh, they mean a lot because uh, it's been a lot of team involved, uh, players. Uh, I've been having a lot of texts, phone calls from um, different teams, uh, players too, just to see that. I actually, I just I just was warm up. Then I looked to my dog out and uh, I saw all the one all, all the, my teammates out there on the other side. There was out there, all the fans. Uh, there was a really impression, you know, uh, just to to see that and have that feeling is is great because I know we have a, um, I know I have a um, pretty good uh, teammate and a lot of people behind me and support me. One teammate in particular I thought was was touching, Jason Kipnis. You guys had a long embrace when the mm-hmm. inning was over, and the two of you have been here almost as long as anybody now mm-hmm. uh, with this franchise. Uh, how did that bond develop with him? Maybe even more so since you got sick you know what i think um we've been playing for maybe seven years together or six years together then it's me a lot because even here on the stadium we are really good 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 friend outside the field too every, uh, af- even after the season we talk every day we call facetime talk to back and forth what are you doing where you at all that kind of stuff but from day one when they find out and everything to now he always be in there um how's everything working how you feel how's your body take your time um and uh sometimes he just telling me the truth too and uh, i know what you got but this is nothing for you you have a lot of people behind you uh, including myself your family so don't give in you know you know don't give up to anything. Just be strong and that's what I've been doing for day one to now. Yesterday was a great day. 
but I'm sure there were some days, especially early on, that were not so great. Uh, were there ever any times where you, you doubted that you'd get back on the mound? You know what? I think uh, just getting back to the mound, it was great. You know, uh, Tito gave me an opportunity to go on, on the mound yesterday. Like you said before, like, uh, we lost that game, but uh, it's just put in the past. It's just today. Then the more special is the way uh, <laughs> the people waiting, the way they talk to me, the way to do everything. And uh, there was... That was emotional. That was good, man. Let's talk pitching. Maybe that would be, for, right. maybe be fun, too. Uh, you mentioned uh, you hung a couple of sliders. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you think you are in terms of, of pitching and, and where you like to be, where we see you a lot uh, when you're going good? You know what? I think the, uh, every pitch I threw yesterday was good. Fastball good. Changes good. Even the slider, a couple of sliders was good. They swing at it. But um, the two, the more important, the two base hits that I have, and the double and the hit, there was a hanging slide. It just kind of um, in um, the one inside to uh, metal. It's, you know what I think is part of is part of the baseball. The way that I release the ball, so I feel from from when I release the ball, oh, this is something really bad, and uh, I just got that double and then uh, hit. I just got run, but. Uh, just to get out there to fill in, to throw the pitch, it's not the same way. But when I went to Akron and, and Columbus, it's a way different. Now he's coming here, you know, the mentality here, you want to pitch good, we want to win some game. And, uh, but it was, it was good, man. Um, I hope I can, I can get it back again on the mound and uh, trying to fix those two pitches. You're a starting pitcher and a really good one, <laughs> but you're going to work out of the pen here. You excited for that, especially considering how important the games are? I'm really excited. Uh, whatever Tito put me, so I just go there and pitch. Uh, I know I've been pitched for the last three years before 2014. I got in the bullpen. Now, again, in the bullpen, but I'll, whatever whatever it takes to, to help the team win the game, I, I do it. Uh, Carlos, yesterday a day that not many will ever forget it, that are part of this mm-hmm. team. Thanks so much for coming by, and great to see you back out there. All right. Thank you. That is Carlos Carrasco, and, man, hard not to get emotional when you talk to him. And I, I think at this point he'd just like to go out and pitch, and uh, he'll be battling the leukemia while he does that, but uh, he really wants to make sure he goes out there and performs. And he threw the ball extremely well in his one inning of work on Friday night in Minneapolis, a scoreless inning for Carrasco. Jake Bowers is back with the team after starting the season with the Indians and staying with the ball club through the trade deadline at the end of July. He was then sent to Columbus as the Indians had to make room for Franmil Reyes and Yasiel Puig, and Bowers was struggling at the time. Went down to the minor leagues, got some things done, and when we had a chance to visit with him after he returned to the ball club, he said he... He worked on some things in the minor leagues that he hopes will carry over to the big club this final month of the season. Yeah, I mean, um, like we were just talking about, kind of just getting my mind right, getting everything, you know, squared away with who I want to be, how I want to play the game, kind of the correct attitude to approach everything. And so uh, that, coupled with maybe some swing changes or or adjustments more than changes, um, you know, like you said, it's been going well so far. No one wants to go back to the minor leagues to try and get that done. In hindsight, beneficial for you because of how you went down there and took care of business? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, 
you know, you take your few days or whatever to uh, kind of process things, maybe be upset about it. Um, but then once you're there, you got to go to work because you, at the end of the day, you still have one goal, and that's uh, that's getting back here and um, not only getting back here, but getting back here and being in a place where you're putting yourself in a spot to uh, maybe help a team get in the playoffs like I'm trying to do now. So um, obviously the opportunity may may come at not exactly the ideal uh, you know situation. Um, obviously Macon was having a great year, and so um, big time bummer to see him go down, but um, hopefully – I can step in and, and kind of fill those shoes. Jake Bowers joining us, Tribe outfielder, just back up from AAA Columbus after a month there. And uh, Jake, you look at your situation. You're a young player involved in a, a trade in the off season. You come to a new team and you want to do well. How difficult can that be? In hindsight, now looking back on it, how challenging can that be for a young player? Uh, pretty challenging. Pretty challenging looking back. Um, you know, obviously you come to a new organization and. A lot of these guys came up through the system, so they've they've known Tito, they've known uh, you know Mike Chernoff, Chris Andonetti, they've known these guys for years and years, and uh, all the coaches as well. So uh, to come over and try and establish those relationships while also producing on the field, it's not it's not always the easiest thing to do. Obviously, um, I would have liked to have gotten off to a better start, but you know at the end of the day. Hopefully, hopefully, um, there's a long career for me here in Cleveland, and uh, you know, there's plenty of time for all that. And you mentioned your situation now. You're, you get that opportunity because of the injury to Tyler Naquin. You are not alone. A, a lot of players have gotten opportunities this year because of injuries. What are you seeing now, a month later, as you come up with September, playoff spot on the line uh, that has you excited about this team and the possibilities down the stretch? I think just the way um, those guys who have gotten opportunities have stepped up. You know, there's uh, some guys who maybe weren't expecting to get this much playing time or maybe to even be here. So um, the way all of those guys have kind of stepped up and, uh, you know, produced when the team needs it has been uh, has been huge. So um, it's fun to see, along with, you know, the usual suspects playing well still. Um, it's been good. It's been good. I'm excited. I'm excited for the next, you know, 20, 25 games, whatever we have left, and uh, we'll see what happens. And I heard you mention a word fun in there somewhere. Is the game fun again? I'm sure it is all the time, but maybe more certain times more than others. Uh, sometimes you got to remember it's fun. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, this is, uh, this is serious stuff. There's a lot on the line for a lot of people, so it's easy to uh, kind of lose sight of, of hey, you know, this is still the game you've been playing since you were four years old, and um, I think if you carry that little piece with you as long as you can, uh, you're going to be better off for it. Oh, well, Jake, great to see you back. Thanks for coming. Yeah, appreciate you having me. That's Jake Bowers, and uh, a refreshing interview with him from the standpoint of uh, really took the right approach going to the minor leagues for a month and, and trying to get some good things done. Stay tuned. We'll have our final segment of Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, timeout. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. Da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, dang, dang. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Da -dum, da -dum, Progressive da -dum, da -dum. Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Jim Rosenhouse back with you for our final segment of Tribe Talk from Minneapolis here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Target Field. Indians and Twins back at it on Saturday night and then Sunday afternoon to close out the series. Well, earlier this week, we went off the grid a little bit and had a chance to visit with NASCAR driver Kurt Busch, who threw out a first pitch Wednesday night at Progressive Field. He's uh, in partnership with Global Poker, one of the Indians' partners, and a huge baseball fan. And as he relayed to us, in and around his busy NASCAR schedule, he finds the time to take in a lot of baseball over the course of the summer, and he said it's not his first trip to Progressive Field. Uh, it's great to be back. Uh, it's my third trip, and it's always neat going to the ballpark and to have access through the Indians to throw out the first pitch tonight with a sponsor that works with us on the NASCAR side, and that's here at Progressive Field, Global Poker. It's fun. We can do some business-to-business -business and also some uh, cross-promotion, and it's just fun to, to come to the ballpark before uh, my next race in Indianapolis. You mentioned it's fun to come to the ballpark. You've been to every ballpark in the major leagues. It took a little bit, but yeah, once I started in NASCAR, uh, just as I was traveling around for my circuit, I realized I had been to 15 to 18 of the ballparks already, but it took... 15 years and I got to all of them and the uh, last couple ones were like Seattle, San Diego and Toronto, some of the outlying areas. But otherwise all the NASCAR races were pretty close to some of the ballparks. So I'm a I'm a baseball closet guy, junkie guy. I love I love watching baseball more than any other sport other than NASCAR. We should probably get this out of the way. You are a Cubs fan. But there's a good reason and you were here one of the trips to Progressive Field was during the World Series back in 2016 along with a lot of Cubs fans who who made their way here but uh, you have good reason they explain how that happened for you. Uh, my family is all from Chicago and I was born and raised in Las Vegas and so I grew up watching the Cubs on WGN TV uh, because we didn't have a, a sports team out there in Vegas and the Cubs I didn't know that they were as bad as they were when I was a kid, but they were always on WGN every afternoon when I came home from school. So I'm like, oh, well, Cubs must be okay. They're on TV all the time. Little did I know, but it was the connection mainly from family. Joined by NASCAR driver Kurt Busch, who is in town to throw out a first pitch tonight, and then it's on Indianapolis, and you're a NASCAR driver, and they race at Indianapolis now, but you did the double several years ago. Indianapolis 500 and then the race in Charlotte, Explain how challenging that was and, and if there were any areas where it almost didn't happen because that seems like a ridiculously long day. It was a lot of fun to set it all up. Uh, first of all, you, you got to find a good quality IndyCar team to race for, and Andretti Autosport helped on that side of it. Uh, and then with racing in the NASCAR world, I was with Stuart Haas racing at the time and had to get Tony Stewart and Gene Haas's blessing to be able to spend that much time with the IndyCar and all the practices and all of the time away from the NASCAR team. And then the day of, that was almost the easy part. Uh, but I'll tell you, the mental challenge, the physical challenge, uh, and everything that went into running 1,100 miles in the same day, I really enjoyed the whole sequence. Slightly overachieved at the end, finished sixth in my first ever IndyCar race. But the biggest rush was qualifying for Indianapolis, 230 miles per hour, wide open for four laps straight. So you're at Indianapolis this weekend. Last weekend, you're down in Darlington, South Carolina. You're here tonight. Is this a typical week for a NASCAR driver? It's fun, yeah. I, uh, the way our schedule breaks out is I try to have you know, some days where it's personal and also blend in the business side of it. And it's great to have a good sponsor like Global Poker who's with us on the NASCAR car 
and then they're advertising in other sports. And so it's fun to do some of the cross promotions. Uh, we've got poker chips I'm handing out, $10 worth of credit for Global Poker. And it's neat just to draw attention towards their brand. All right, you're going to throw out the first pitch tonight. What is more nerve-wracking, making sure you throw out a good first pitch or heading into the last lap at Talladega in a 20-car draft? What's going on there? Well, hey, that last <laughs> lap's pretty nerve-wracking. And if we're leading, which I was close to winning Talladega this spring, I tell you, I'm, I'm not in my element throwing out the first pitch, but we'll just wing it, let it rip, and soak it all in. I'm going to shake off a couple signs. I'm going to bring the heat. Uh, Global Poker, uh, one of your sponsors, and uh, they have the Kurt Busch Signature Series of daily tournaments and special promotions, and an upcoming Indians Alumni Tournament as part of that, where you could play online head-to-head -head against Lenny Barker and Jared Wright, two great pitchers for the Indians. And... Uh, the, promo the signature series for Kurt Busch, what's that all about? Well, it's a matter of uh, just getting more people to the website and playing poker with them. Uh, I, I love to play poker, and uh, I'm not much of a, a bluff kind of guy. Uh, I'm there for, for the true hand that I have, and it's neat to uh, see different people's strategies and still trying to learn more about percentages of hands on when you know you really have a good hand and what to do with it. Uh, but it's just more interaction with fans and having fun on the website. And um, you know, Global Poker is one of the leading gaming sites on the Internet. And that is coming up Saturday, September the 21st. Go to globalpoker.com slash Indians for more information. Kurt, thanks so much for coming by. This is fun. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, go Tribe. That's nicely done. Was that hard to say as a Cubs fan? It, it, it hurt for a little bit, but we're okay. <laughs> That's NASCAR driver Kurt Busch joining us earlier this week and uh, a lot of fun to visit with him huge baseball fan been to every major league park how about that well that's going to do it for this week's edition of tribe talk thanks so much for tuning in thanks to brian Matze as always for his help putting together our broadcast each week we'll join you next week from back home the indians taking on the twins at progressive field next weekend hope you can be there could be a huge series for the indians until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it 
in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 